0: Victim to Heartstopper, a history of British LGBT film and television. Welcome to Victim to Heartstopper. Today we're going to get all lathered up and look back at LGBT characters and soaps over the last 60 odd years. Mm -hmm. In many ways, soap opera has been the backbone of British TV for many a decade. Major news and sports events aside, they easily hold records for largest audiences and have given us some of television's most memorable moments. In this episode, once again, we are joined by Victim to Heartstopper regular Scott Agnew and broadcaster Michael McManus. Good morning, Scott. How are you?
1: Good morning. Nice to see you. Are we well?
0: Oh, very well, very well. And Michael, are you good and well? No I hope so. <laughs> good. Excellent. Our special guest today uh, for this episode is TV journalist, soap expert and editor of Inside Soap magazine for 20 years, Stephen Murphy. Welcome, Stephen. Hello. Um, and for our, our listeners, I, I'm, Stephen's another Scot, so you're going to have to cope with yeah, Scottish sorry. accents. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, Stephen, I think just firstly to ask yourself, define a soap opera what is a soap
2: a soap is and generally an ongoing drama um i've done this show for 20 years and i always get mixed up between series and serial, so i'll avoid that I'll avoid... <laughs> <laughs> i always can which one is it Serial?" as in at each episode's isn't self-contained, That's I've said that backwards now, but as in, it's an ongoing story that continues, generally set around a community or a small group of people. Um, generally speaking, they run all year round, several times a week, but that's not necessary. Other programs can be very soap opera that perhaps don't run as often through the year or don't have as many episodes a week or whatever, but generally there's a sort of, and it's about love relationships and the human spirit.
0: So we would say that what would separate uh, something like Game of Thrones from... Because series like Game of Thrones do take soap elements, but they're not oh, a yeah. soap.
2: Yeah, um, I mean, Game of Thrones got dragons in, and we've not <laughs> gotten that far. <laughs> yeah. So right. there you go. So, let's, let's let's take a bet for the first soap to have dragons yeah. in. Hollywood the definition is
0: a soap, Disney have dragons. Disney have dragons in.
2: I mean, take I I mean and it's, it's the thing, it's the slight thing of, of... You know, soap is often used as a dismissive term and a sort of derogatory term when actually soaps are just drama and Game of mm. Thrones drama. That's yeah. all they
1: are.
2: Yeah. Um, um, but I think anything ongoing, any, any character arcs, as they like to call them in fancier dramas, is the kind of soap element. Yeah. The ongoing Stop. thing will last a year or two years or four series or whatever. Yeah.
1: Everywhere I go, posters scream at me. There's notices on walls, leaflets in your head. Eight, eight, eight. AIDS, lead, whatever.
3: Well, at long last, you're really telling me what's on your mind.
1: <laughs> it's obvious, isn't it?
3: Very. It's also obvious that there are questions you want me to answer, right?
4: You're a great bloke, Carl. I don't respect you. I don't want to offend you by questions. AIDS is too serious to worry about offending or hurting or or anything else. Listen, now's the time to be straight with each other. Scott, and, just
0: I Scott and I just name jacked one of our favourite Scottish soaps, Take the High Road there. have uh, yes. fond memories of
1: Take the High Road. Which which uh, the original pla- pilot was filmed uh, by Loch Ness and they were thinking of featuring dinosaurs and dragons.
2: <laughs> uh, Nessie was true for that well, they had Mrs Mac for a dragon. They? they had Mrs Mac for a dragon. <laughs> <Showing> <laughs> my, I'm, my here. I'm terribly sorry.
0: <laughs> so I'll go to, to Michael. Um, Michael, you've been giving us about a social context over the last uh, previous episodes of the, the, the podcast. Um, in terms of social context, what would you say the impact is of Soap, and particularly in relation to LGBT characters uh, in the press
4: and in the, the general sort of media? I, mean, uh, uh, I was going to say, uh, on the subject of dragons, I think Peggy Mitchell and Beth Lynch both qualify. <laughs>
3: um, they,
4: um, no, they, I mean that the pattern of media coverage is, is depressingly predictable as you as you go through the years, uh, which is um a general hostility to the depiction of, of LGBT characters. Uh, you know, it's always ban this filth, I'm afraid, the tabloid reaction. They're never on the, the cutting edge of of uh, liberalization, if I put it that way. And uh, you know, East Benders and all so on, yeah, the, the, there are some cheap headlines to be had and generally they'd have them. So I'd say very little encouragement to the programme makers. But on the other hand, um, no publicity is bad publicity. So, uh, you know, the, the gay kisses and so on tended to make the front pages of the tabloids. There weren't it wasn't flattering coverage, but it certainly um, would have been, piqued a lot of interest. Stephen, did these,
0: uh, gay, I know we're going to go back to the, the history of, of, of LGBT characters and soaps, but the gay kisses, did they get a boost in the ratings?
2: Um, I think so. I think so. Um, I mean, the, the 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 kind of famous one, which which is the the two, there's two sort of EastEnders ones which are quite famous, and they, and they did, but the show was riding so high then anyway that I don't know if it made it made a massive difference, but certainly what it did was keep the show right at the front of the public mind, and also slash sold a lot of newspapers, you know, mm-hmm. which is you know as Michael was saying is the other way you have to look at it, um, is yeah. that, is that you know was this. Was this coverage not outrage about about gay people on the telly? Was it just another way to flog a copy of a paper? Because you, uh, everything in EastEnders was a front page story at that point. I'm talking the sort of mid-80s, the first few years, when, when we had that kind of initial, initial mm. gay storyline. Everything about EastEnders and everything about every EastEnders actor was on the front page of the newspaper every single day. And mm-hmm. I think sometimes that you've got it's it's sometimes we focus too hard on what we're looking at, and you've got to look at it through the prism of what it was at the time, through the lens of that. And it was everywhere. So in, in a way, I think if you're a tabloid journalist, way it was just another story about EastEnders. Mm-hmm. Bring me more stories about EastEnders, please. Yes, well, here's one. Okay. And that, you know, so I think it's it's interesting to look at it back this way. Anyway, I mean,
1: I mean essentially, it's, essentially, the sort of industry you ended up working in, you know, and the, the the magazine you yeah. you ended up editing. Came from that kind of news coverage because those magazines didn't really exist as such, did they? You know,
2: purely dedicated to soap. Yeah, no. I mean, Inside Soap started in '92. Right. which was just when the soaps were starting. EastEnders was huge. Um, and they were just becoming the biggest thing on telly. People thought they were nuts launching Inside Soap. Right, <laughs> thought they were nuts. Said we'll give it one, we'll give it, we'll give it one issue and see how it goes and then um, but the appetite was just so, so huge that well what's what, what's interesting about it is um sorry i'm digressing already is that um okay. that the um it's about the, the hugeness of Enders and people um the the bosses wanted some aussie couple on the cover they wanted some sexy beach you know because <laughs> that's what they thought sold uh-huh. and and then the editor who was doing it said no it's got to be grant and sharon they were like she's he's bald and she's ugly no trust me trust me so no no we want we want this we want these couple in bikinis and speedos that's what sells magazines it's glamour it's all that no trusted and then and then the boss came back after the sales came in for the first issue and went you just get on with what you're doing (laughs) (laughs)
3: so
2: yeah so you know it was interesting in in that it didn't sell in what magazines traditionally sold on but anyway
0: yeah while we're talking about the magazine who were the first gay characters you had on the cover do you recall
2: Oh, now let me think because I was it before me? It'd be before me. It would, there would definitely be some Zoe Tate action, I think. There was a lot <laughs> of that in my deal back in the day. Of days. course. Was definitely so. some Zoe Tate action. Um, and a uh, lot of stuff around Simon and Tony because they were involved with Grant and Tiffany and that around that world about that story, EastEnders. That's
1: EastEnders, yeah. Um, uh, no, just no, I, know, I know. this is kind of jumping around, but why? What you doing? Know, <laughs> why in the two major soaps? Uh, why was the, sort of the major gay characters always some kind of vicar or priest of some kind? Has Corey done it? they are quite obsessed with sort of gay vicars, gay, gay clergy. No, um, not that many gay vicars. Let me think. <laughs> so don't be we, well, Billy T- Tony was, wasn't he? And, Billy, the tony was he not a mistake no, no, yeah him.
2: he was a barra, he
0: was a barra boy ah right I so, so so on that note i was going to ask you scott because you're a little a little bit younger than the rest of us i'm not including stephen in that wrong than myself and michael <laughs> um what's your first memory of a gay character lgbt character on a soap
1: opera um <clears throat> I mean, God, I mean, it's certainly to remember what, what you remember and what you think you remember. Um, I mean, I definitely remember, I definitely remember, yeah, the the, the gay kiss on Brookside. I remember that kind of, the big lead-up to that, and that being chatted about, and that being a thing, you know, because that was, what, 94 94, um, with Anna Frio and mm, the other one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> <it's> just, Margaret. <laughs> Margaret, yes. Um, so I, I definitely remember that but I, but I was but I'm, I'm kind of I was kind of aware sort of the Michael Cashman East thing but I don't know whether that was I don't know whether I've, I don't know whether I've absorbed so sort of absorbed that by osmosis mm-hmm. sort of over the yeah. years but definitely at the time I remember the the Brookside one and Michael were
4: you were soap's watched in your household when you were growing up? Um up to a point, um, I think my mum and dad used to watch Crossroads, um, is my recollection. But I, I, I've never, I mean, I, you know, I, I contribute to this uh, podcast uh, not much in, in the sense that I've never been a soap watcher. Um, but I, I think, you know, it's, thinking back to you know the, the soaps representing the gay characters, it was after the tide had turned a bit because, you know, in terms of the political debate, um, you know, there was basically decriminalisation in 67, then a period of stability, then the kind of the toxic combination politically of HIV AIDS and sort of the Ken Livingston, Lambeth, Labour left. And, um, you know, the, the reaction to that from the Tory side and Section 28. And, and then things calmed down a bit really when John Major took over. And, um, you know, it's in that context that these things, you know, people could chance their arm a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But I think in the 80s, it was it was a really tough environment for anything that portrayed gay people at all, never mind favourably.
0: Stephen, I imagine over your time on Inside Soap that you interviewed many producers of of the soaps. Did they take their sociological and political responsibility seriously in terms of things that Michael's just said with Section 28 and and some of the, le- the legal stuff that was going on? Um, did they think that we have a duty and a role to sort of send positive messages out there?
2: Yeah, I think there's definitely a thing of we have a duty to respect to reflect society um, as it is um, in all its in all its formats in all its forms. I think that's that's a big thing that soaps do really well, um, occasionally quite badly, but I think it's a thing that they do really well. Um, I think, I mean, we we we'll probably talk about this a, a bit later, but I think you know there was a a fear of actually sometimes. Doing anything with your gay characters because you then immediately are, you know, it, it can be then perceived you're saying that all all gay characters are shoplifters, for instance. If a gay character got a shoplifting stories, you know, right? <laughs> so I think I think there was there was a real sort of in the beginning days, there was a real thing to play it really safe, um, you know, quite boring, if I can say so. But you know, a, a word that kept a phrase that kept coming to me when I was when I was thinking about what we're going to talk about today is baby steps a lot of baby steps have been taken in these things over the years. Um, And I think just having, just having a gay character, any standards on BBC One at half past seven in 1986 was quite a huge step, let alone a Mm. baby step. And you didn't really want to push that much further than Mm. what they did. But I think to answer your question. So yeah, I think producers do see, you know, do feel a duty to, to, put a, a message across in inverted commas about this and just and just visibility yeah. as well. I think that they think it's really important to, to show the viewer, uh, to show any viewer something in that show that they can see that's me or that reflects my life.
0: Yeah. So yeah. let's go way, way back to the, the beginning. Coronation Street started in 1960. Obviously, the Archers on radio had predated that, but Corrie was the first proper soap. Um, we we go up we go quite a while before we get an out gay character on television. Were there any characters in soaps in that gap that we, where their sexuality was was subtly alluded to but not confirmed?
2: Not that I can kind of remember or see. Shuggy McPhee in Crossroads, yeah. I think. <laughs> <laughs> I think. Oh, Mrs. those Mortimer, those are very, <laughs> very long memories. <laughs> yeah. McPhee was was yeah, you know interesting character um but yeah i don't i don't really think so not not that i recall or know of someone may well Right in and incorrect, yeah. but- I, I don't
0: recall either, really. I mean, everyone was kind of coupled up, paired off, or yeah, but there was no funny, never married characters <laughs> around, <Yeah>. you know.
2: <laughs> yeah, I sort of I, I thought, Oh, what about Norris Cole? And everyone was shocked when he was married, but then I looked out and he didn't come into '93, so he's well out, there. right? Um, no,
1: because oh, the one that I always had was a uh, Suspicious about And I don't know What his backstory is You might know better Percy Sugden Who then You know Who rented the room Oh of yes a, Phyllis He was a bit of a kind of lone
2: yes, lone, a lone man Of a certain age The room <laughs> of a very calm woman You know Yeah thrown, him, thrown himself into Living in the past Of his military history And all that To try and avoid uh, Living in the present Or something it, like that You might I be right will write a little essay On this oh. later uh, um, I, I, What is Quite interesting though and I mean, we, we'll talk about the Aussies at one point. Is the first gay soap characters were actually in Australian soaps, which right. is strange because you always think of Australia as being a little bit culturally behind. Yes, polite. No, I don't want to. I have lived there, so I am. I am. I am allowed to speak of it. Um, but but they they had their first gay character in the seventies on a show. Oh, really? called, yeah, a show called The Box. Um, no, sorry, not The Box. Number ninety six, which was quite racy. They had quite a racy soap opera. I had a, a knicker fever, I seem to remember, off the washing lines, and I think, I think <laughs> the, first breast, the first breast on Australian television. Anyway, they they had a, they had an open um, gay character who uh, who had a live-in partner and everything. I mean, really quite progressive. And Gosh. this was this is sort of like early seventies. And then mm. the first lesbian was also Australian soap. Yeah. Well, the first lesbian kiss went Australian soap. And fact fans, um, Judy Nunn, Ailsa from Home and Away. Oh, Ruth. She was Portleaze lesbian kissed on Australian television, and that was in about um, seventy-five, I think, seventy-six. So, and, oh. did, did those soaps uh, were, they, were they broadcast here, were they
1: broadcast in the UK? I don't or, think no, they were. But no, then no. you have
2: to remember that Prisoner um, started in seventy-nine. so uh, block H. Yeah, yeah, and and it was very, you know, uh-huh. you know, very very <laughs> lesbian intended. <laughs> Um, so, you know, that's, <laughs> you know, and quite and very openly, very very openly uh-huh. so. Yeah. And this is years before we are talking about a peck on the forehead. We're calling him by. Yeah. You know,
0: yeah. Yeah.
2: That's that's interesting, I think. But I, I don't know why. I can't I can't grab any great insight into well, that.
0: This is interesting because we do tend to give ourselves a big pat in the back for what we've done in soap yeah. opera. But uh, I, I know we're focusing on British uh, film and television in this podcast. But in, in soaps, it's hard to avoid going further afield. And um, the Australians have beaten us and the Americans beat us as well with Stephen Carrington in Dynasty.
2: That's a fascinating one because, I mean, we all know how right-wing America is and we all know, I imagine how right-wing it was in, you know, the early 80s, you know, it was the Reagan era and all Mm -hmm. of that. And... You know, that's a. I mean, God bless Alan, Aaron Spelling. He must have had to really, really fight for that story. Yeah, I think, on an American network drama, big new drama. I mean, they they messed it up a bit because he kept going straight and and. Yeah. marrying people and having babies. But um, Am I right in saying that he um, got go banged in the
0: head and turned straight? Is that not what happened? No, no,
2: he got a new face. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> he got a new <laughs> face and an oil rig. It's Actually, interestingly enough, the first, the original, Al Corey, who was the original Stephen Carrington, he left because of the fact they were they were trying to turn him straight and he thought it wasn't true to the character. That's why he left. Right. They brought in a new one. He got married and had a baby. And then I think he might have got married twice, actually, possibly. But then um, he went gay again. But um, actually what was interesting, but the reunion, which was the sort of three hour one they did after the last series a year later to kind of tie things up. The original actor was back, weirdly, like <laughs> Sam Mitchell, just <laughs> keep swapping them around like you stand to Sam Mitchell. But um, but by that <laughs> point, he was living happily with a man in Washington. So all's well that ends well eventually. Oh, journey. But I mean, that-, that, that I think that is a I still can't quite believe that happens. Actually, in America at that time, compared, yeah, yeah, as you yeah. say, the pats in the back we give ourselves.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to. I mean, I, I actually thought he did get a hit in the head. Obviously, he got an injury, and I've, I've misplaced that in my, in my head somewhere. Um, and <laughs> because I thought if, if, you could possibly do that, I'd be chasing Zac Efron down in the street with a lead pipe. You know, it's like <laughs> you it
2: have it was to get unfortunately just... um, get Zac Efron in an oil rig explosion. <laughs> and then, and then he wouldn't look like Zac Efron anymore. Yeah, and then no a problem. new face as well. So you'd be, you'd have wasted all that effort.
0: So our first soap opera character in in Britain, who was it?
2: Um, First gay, Gordon Collins in Brookside in 1985.
0: Yeah, Um, Um, because I think the BBC always allude to the fact that it was Colin, but uh, I always knew that that Gordon had beaten them to it.
2: It's it's a year before, um, and again, it's it's, it's our collective memory due to the media coverage you yeah, know, and that and that still continues to this day. You, someone makes a documentary about about gays and soaps, and it'll always be Colin They'll go to not not Gordon because a uh-huh. kind of a race memory because of all the coverage is, is that that was the first one. That but was not important. Gordon. Was it? Gordon yeah. was a, a year a year before.
0: And it's in a sense that was more accepted because it was on Channel Four and Channel Four were seen yeah. as a more edgy channel.
2: Channel Four was seen as an edgy channel. It was a lot of people in society regarded as not the kind of programs they wanted to watch, and also it didn't get the blaze of publicity that EastEnders would go on to get. Mm-hmm. It didn't get that. They, they weren't newspaper editors Were not arsed. <laughs> Just something on Channel Four. Nobody watches that. So it did slip <laughs> under the radar. It did slip under the radar a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, it was, so it was kind of Gordon
1: Collins because. Uh... You know, who was he? What did he do? What was he?
2: Uh... He was the. Uh, I think he was in. I think he was quite young at the beginning. I think he was at sixth form, so he's probably seventeen or eighteen. Right. And he was the son of um the the, the, the air The beginning of Brookside. The concept was, it was this kind of housing estate of little yeah. houses, little new builds. The concept was that there was the grants, so. Um, Bobby and Sheila Grant and Damon yeah. Grant and all of that—they'd lived in a council house. Like they'd moved up, this was their yes, moment. Uh, the middle class. And Collins had of... had to move down because the dad had lost his job, so they were they were downsizing this. So that was kind of where the clash happened. And anyway, Gordon was the son, so he was kind of the posh, slightly you know posh. He went to a private. They'd managed to keep enough money to send him to private school, right. etc. Oh. He was he was quite a sort of posh character, which is an interesting aside actually. Now, of, I mean, it's never occurred to me before. Zoe Tate's quite posh, Collins uh-huh. is quite posh, uh, yeah. Why were they all posh at the beginning? Was it seen as something the upper classes might do? Well, we had we had this discussion on the was, did we have this the first episode? And yeah,
1: yeah there's there this sort of idea of private school sort of buggery going on. Yeah, so I don't know. It, is it, is it's is kind of it all right if you've got a couple of quints to take is, it up the wrong, you know. Is it the audience
2: don't think it's reflecting them if it's someone yeah. posh? Possibly, so yeah. I don't know. It's just—it's just really interesting. It just struck me that those, you know, and, and I know there's all the old, you know, you always fair back to. But what's that film, Maurice, and all of that, isn't it? Mm, um, and yeah. but, but you know, I just think it's—I just found that quite interesting. Why it's, or, yeah. or is
1: well.
2: it, or is it kind of a,
1: you know, a bit more reflective of life that you know that that kind of confidence that money therefore power could,
2: gives you. You know, so they could get if, away with it because they weren't going to be beaten up in the pub. Uh-huh. Mm. You know, yeah. was that, yeah, they, they, they had their own safety net? I don't
0: know. Yeah. So. yeah, yeah. Michael, what's I mean, from a Michael just to bring Michael in on that, from a, a societal societal point of view, um, do you think that's the case? That there's a perception that it's okay if if you're a bit more upper class?
4: Certainly, and and I think uh, you know the, the films which I mean, you talk about Another Country as well as as Maurice um, Brighthead revisited all these portrayals of you know men who are you know, either. <laughs> Overtly gay or, or um, implicitly gay, they're all upper class. I mean, it's, it's uh, yeah, I think it is. And I think it is linked to, to ideas of what boarding school is and what boarding school is for and what boarding school does to you. Um, but it's also, you know, the, it, let's face it, we're a very class ridden country. Um, the more money you have, the more choices you have. It's as simple mm. as that. And I think you do want to create a credible character um, in a soap. You go for someone who's, a, you know, not a manual worker, but someone who's perhaps physically a bit effete. Um, and, and you make it someone who's educated, and you know you, you narrow your field down socially mm, very yeah. quickly. So I think it's it's a it's a cliche, it's an old trope, mm. but it's a, a well-established one, and not just in soaps.
0: Yeah, because I have to say I know I know we've got I'm going to leap to the present day for one yep. to make that point and say that I, what I find when I watch EastEnders now is I find the gay couple in there. Um, Phil's son. I find them utterly ridiculous because they're just too or oh, East Enders, and it's trying too hard to go the yeah, other way. And I, it yeah, just it, a sit right thing of it's,
2: it has flipped. There's a strange sort of almost like fetish for these sort of working class, you know, like trigger video working class. <laughs> I imagine someone told me about them. Um, you know, kind of working class. They um, all mainly played by straight actors as well, which is an interesting thing we can we, we can maybe talk about a bit later, but. Yeah. Um, It's quite a, it's strange, and whether that's to make it more, again, to make it more palatable, because they're kind of straight acting, I don't know.
0: Mm, Yeah, I think, I uh, I think there's something in that. So moving forward after Gordon Collins, uh, and we have the big one, Michael Cashman, joining EastEnders, uh, an out gay man. But I do get the, the sense of the memory that, that Michael was kind of stole down the river a little bit by they made a big thing of him being a gay man. Um, instead of just launching the character and, and going with it, they, they kind of tried to justify it by saying this is okay because he is gay.
2: It's interesting. From my memory, he was um, sort of brought in and you didn't the gayness didn't come in for a little bit he was sort of brought in and then he hung about for a bit. And then the East the East, the East Bender, I think that was the East Bender story. That was the first. I think, I think that was leaked that the story was leaked that he was going to be gay. And that was, that was I think. I think that was East Bender's headline. Um, it all, sometimes all this mills into one in your brain, doesn't it? Hmm. Um, and that story was leaked. Um, so that's kind of how, so I think originally it was supposed to be done quite quiet. You know, he got to settle him in a little bit, get people to know him and then,
4: This was supposed to come.
2: That was all gone a bit early. So I don't know how they reacted to that in terms of how the BBC defended, whether whether they did sort of. It was almost like Michael's gay, so it's fine.
0: Yeah, yeah. Michael, uh, our Michael. um, I know you. You have worked with Michael Cashman many years over the years in terms of uh, some of the the political uh, stuff that he's worked on, and I know he's spoken openly about it. What from from what you know, what is Michael Cashman's own thoughts on, on how he was treated at the time?
4: um I think he you know he, he regarded himself as a, an outrider um, and he had a lot of unpleasantness but a lot of support as well and I think he, he just you know he thought it was a great opportunity um, you know, to advance the cause but also to a great career move. So he certainly has no um, bitterness about it but he, he put up with a lot of unpleasantness, not a lot of personal unpleasantness. And, and I think you know he, you know he, he was effectively outed really because he wasn't really very well known at the time. You know, so, so you know the the story that he was playing a gay character, and he was a gay man, and that he looked like he did, all happened at the same time. So it, it put him, you know, right out there in the front. And that, you know, just you know, not long afterwards, he was setting up Stonewall. You know, it sort of catapulted him into the absolute front line. Hmm. And, and I think you know that he regarded that as as a great leap forward. To be honest, hmm. I you know, it was um, a great opportunity which he took with both hands because hmm. you know suddenly he was you know marching alongside Ian McKellen. You know, he was. Um, I mean, you mean, know, Michael had had a good career up to that point. He'd done uh, musical theatre, uh, straight theatre, um, you know, bits of television and so on. Um, I mean, he was in, in Time Flight. Uh, yeah, Doctor, Doctor who. who. A yeah. real classic. Um, all of the greats. <laughs> <laughs> I know.
0: myself and Michael are big Doctor Who fans, and he's being... Oh, well, so am I. <laughs> we're,
2: we're, we're doomed. For we're going to days now. I know, all right. There's no more on that subject. Let's
0: fly over time flights! I'll,
1: I'll, I'll just sign out now then, <laughs> I have, I have I have the kind of eternal curse of being a gay man who's no interest in Doctor Who. But has are you a sure you're li- homosexual? I, I know, I know. But I have spent a lifetime with friends, both straight and gay, who are huge Whovians, right? So <laughs> I, kind of, I absorb so much stuff about Doctor Who.
4: And Uh, I'm sorry, you know the books books up there, by the way. This is in the days when Doctor Who was not yet a soap opera, of course. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, I think you know, for for Cash, it was a great breakthrough at a personal (laughs) and professional level. And you know, as it propelled him absolutely into the front line and into the public consciousness, um, and required, I think, a certain amount of stoicism and courage on his part, mm. which which he um, characteristically underplays now. But I think you know there, there were physical threats against him. You know, it was it was a pretty uh, difficult time because you know this, this is at the time when uh, you know Thatcherism had turned into rather a sort of dark direction, heading towards Section Twenty Eight, um, HIV AIDS was was casting a great shadow. You know, it was it was a, it was a Hell of a time. So after
0: the East Bender's headlines and the controversy surrounding Michael Cashman's character coming in and, and Colin and Barry and the little kiss and there was lots of backlash to that, um, was there a sense that other soap producers thought we we maybe got to run with this despite the negativity but being aware that it's it's an audience grabber, uh, was there a sense that other producers thought, let's go
2: with this? I know Corey took their time, but did Thinking others... about it, it took a little while, you know. No, you mention it. I mean, that was 1986. Mm. Yeah, we, don't was we don't get to Zoe Tate till '93, um, and then we're basically on to Dylan, Dylan Binney, I think, aren't we?
0: Yeah, and then and yeah. Beth, Beth and Margaret when that was the. Yeah, 19th, Beth and Margaret,
2: yeah. but I mean he Why wise that on to Dylan Binney and Coronation Street? we're, we're right up to Todd, aren't we? Right. Yeah, he was. It's interesting you've mentioned
0: Zoe Tate and Beth and Margaret because um, let's let's be honest, let's call a spade a spade. Uh, the lesbian angle is more palatable to audiences. Uh, it's easier to sell, and certainly when you got Beth and Margaret, that was an easier sell yep. for audiences. Um, yep. Do you do, being brutal? Do you feel that was the case?
2: Yeah, I think it's I I think so. I think it's interesting. What's well, very interesting when you when you come to look at bisexuality. And how many women in soaps become bisexual compared to how many men? Mm. Yeah, I mean, I'm just I can't think it's, of. It's quite. It's really quite interesting. When you, I was oh. running my finger down a list of stuff and going, mm. "It's uh, how many women are on the turn compared to the amount <laughs> <they're> of <doing> men?" <laughs> it's yeah. interesting, and I don't know if that. Or, I don't know. I can't. Yeah, I <laughs> yeah, don't know no. <laughs> who, yeah. who knows why? But yeah. maybe it's a little bit more palatable to, to audiences, yeah. and, and, and maybe it's just that. I don't know, maybe people find it a little bit more believable.
3: Hmm.
2: Somehow the general, I'm referring to the general public, uh, somehow, I don't know. Yeah. Then going at it. Yeah.
1: I, I, can I, I can ask, um, obviously the backlash that there kind of was after, um, you know, the, the Eastbender's thing and the, yeah. the first gay kiss and Eastbender's, was was it Mark Fowler's HIV storyline always supposed to be for Mark Fowler or did they Was that a, uh, it, that was quite a brave thing for it to be a straight man who, you know, contracted HIV yeah, then. I think HIV it was almost, oh, I what don't know why we talk
2: that? about it. They're, they're a little bit apart because I don't think Todd Carty started until about 1990. <laughs>
1: Oh, really, right? Because I had I had that about eighty eight
2: in my head, but that was just yeah, you might be no, no, you might be right. Purely cool, just right. childhood
1: sort of memory, you know. And I was wondering because that that was the, that was a really interesting take because the obvious thing would be
2: been... I you might be right. It might be because of the reaction to Colin that they didn't want to give a gay man whether whether it be Colin or someone else HIV because then it was. Kind of hammering in that all that only gay men can get HIV. I personally thought it was a really clever way to do it through a straight. I mean, I know they recast the actor, but through the son of a couple that you already were established to them. Because a big part of the story, I think, was about Pauline and Arthur coming to terms that, and the square coming to terms with someone that they knew. So I mean, it makes a lot of sense story terms to be Mark, but whether they came to that because they didn't want to kind of doubly compound the gay thing, I don't know. That's interesting. Yeah, okay.
0: yeah. I think at this point it's interesting to we have to mention the trans uh, stories that we've had, yeah. and and Coronation Street has, has kind of led the way on that with the, with the wonderful character that was Haley. Uh, that was a particularly interesting and, and, and I suppose, kind of brave storyline to do. Also an interesting approach to an actress. <laughs> how do you approach an actress by saying, this is the character yep. we'd like you to play? Um,
2: so how did that come about? It's interesting. That, that's, that's, it's fascinating now, isn't it? Because that was, what was that, 1998? So that was 25 years ago, more or less. And how there's absolutely no way you would do it that way now. Absolutely... Uh-huh. Absolutely no way. But I'm coming back to baby steps again. Yeah. Well, wow. it was it was fascinating, and also the fact that Coronation Street had the first transgender character, Corey. What mm-hmm. <laughs> bonkers! Um, you know, you, the, the last soap you expect. It's interesting because um, I mean, I'll tell you a story about this. When when we first because we'll get when I was just a writer on the magazine on Inside Soap at that point before as editor, and you would get sent through the weekly or the monthly, they all do it differently, sort of plot points for your planning and to work out what you cover, who you want to interview or whatever. And these plot points came through and it was the Haley thing. And at that point that soaps were missing soaps were all huge, all yeah. from news all the time. Um, and a lot of leaks of storylines happened. And we'd, we kind of knew that sometimes the soap sent out fake storylines to try and catch out an outlet if they think that's where the leak is coming from <laughs> right and we actually thought we were being tested we okay. thought this is, we thought this was, we thought they're doing this because they think that we'll leak this yeah and if we leak this they'll know and because it's so ridiculous and and then and then it happened and it was so beautifully done and i think again it was bbb it was all it was all character it was fundamentally a story about two you know two people to people who were at odds with society finding each other. Yes, you know, it was, it was a basically it was a really simple sort of love story of, of two balls, mm-hmm. really, for want of a better word. Uh-huh. Um, but, you know, it was it was great in that it showed the right it showed, you know, Les Battersby was the bigot. The other people were other people were very sympathetic. You know, some women as well were very, but, you know, they did it quite. They didn't sugarcoat it, you know, oh. Kelly was bullied quite badly in the factory you know, by another woman, you know, uh. berated by Les Badstay, a man. You know, there was no, you know, they, they did they, they do did it. But I think in the end you just understood that this was this really lovely woman who was a woman. Yeah. Nothing would make me not want to see you again, Haley.
4: This might. Why? What is it? Well, it's something to do with my past. Your past? Several years past now, but... What? I'm a transsexual. I mean,
2: I'm not a female by birth, Roy, but by choice. Um, I mean, you know, it, it worked brilliantly. I don't think they do it that way now. No, I mean, that's... It, it, it's,
1: I'm kind of baffled and perplexed by the fact that, that we had such a lovely... You know, Trans character on television for so many years, um, and 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 now <laughs> you know Britain has turned into yeah, you know, mm. yeah. And I'll say that you know before we get to complaints, yeah. you know that, <laughs> yeah. um, that, 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 that there seems to be this complete lack of understanding, or, or willful uh, misunderstanding of what's what's kind of going on. Yeah. Um, and, and, I, and I just I find that baffling, and it's frustrating because you do think, and maybe wrongly, well, because it, because it worked more or less for gay men that it, it softened people's attitudes too, is yeah. because you know everyone had a you know had a Sean Cotton in the in the factory, do you know what I mean? Type yeah. of friend that that would have done the same as a PR job for yeah. for the trans community, and it, yeah. it doesn't yeah. doesn't seem to
2: have at all. Well, no, I think, yeah, well, the, 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 the world's changed very much, I think. Yeah. It was such an incendiary, in, <clears throat> I can't say the word incendiary, so don't, don't even try and say it. It's such incendiary. A kind of, <laughs> incendiary, that's yeah. it. It's such an incendiary issue you now. What I think interesting, but jumping ahead a little bit, is that No Soap has done the, do you know the, um, the ITV drama a couple of years ago, with Anna Friel and Emmett Scanlon, Butterfly, about yes, that was they had a little, little but no one's done that. Is the most obvious story to do to take, yeah, a kid from 12 or whatever and go and in soaps, you can do that over years, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Whether they don't want to put a child actor through it, or I just think they just know they're going to get so much mm-hmm. ventral about it,
1: yeah.
2: But, yeah. but I think actually, if I was a soap juice, I'd be very nervous doing anything around that, um, yeah. Because oh, it's mean, the, yeah. the sheer, the sheer of aggression there is around the whole issue.
1: Yeah, um, it's, it's it's the it's the committed nature of of that particular group. uh you know that 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 are that are anti it. Um, it's it's a, it's I, I have been I have been the focus of a of a a, a turf pylon Um, and it's literally the opposite yeah, well, this is probably what you probably up you know literally operates the shifts you know you can tell the yeah. same twitter handles coming on and off yeah. um and it lasted for 11 days um whilst my grandfather had died as well in the process of it yeah. and they still went after me you know yeah. um and you know and, it, and it's a coordinated worldwide network there was there was people you know Evangelical Christians in America logging on at some hours. So there was, you know, yep. Christian organizations in Africa logging on at other hours, Australians coming on. I mean, it was absolutely utterly really wild. And um, I think so. You would literally need to employ somebody yeah. just to sort of try
2: and deal with that alone. I think it's yeah. such a wasted opportunity because through drama, you can show all sides of an argument. Yeah. You really can. And I think you could make a really interesting story out of this that actually would help educate and people maybe calm things down look. but i just think i think there's probably a fear of doing yeah. it yeah
0: yeah have and cory cory also had a, a cross-dressing character as well didn't he yes. uh, yeah played by one of wendy craig's sons from
2: butterflies yeah <laughs> played by he's a lovely man he died a couple of years ago. russell he's uh, a really uh, nice man i yeah. met him once um um i completely forgot andrew something he's called right Yes, um, EastEnders had a brilliant um, transvestite character as well. Um, mm-hmm. They had Les Les Cocker,
0: Andrew Hall, Andrew. Andrew Hall. That's right. Yes. Um, yeah. So I mean, that that was a again. It's yeah. interesting that Corey have dipped their toe in in, in other pools that, that yeah. other people have avoided and, yeah. and yet took their time with a with a gay gay male character.
2: Hmm. It's interesting because then it's also the campus show on television. A lot. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, well, that, absolutely.
1: Well, well then women you know, with
2: their arms folded. Yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, is, is that kind of part of the reason? Because obviously, you know, Tony Warren essentially created the campus show on the television uh, and he kind of almost didn't need any gay representation. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, is that why they were so kind of maybe late to the
2: late to the fair with it? I don't know. I don't know. I wonder if they felt, that for their viewers... They were possibly a little bit older, skewed a little bit older. They maybe were a little bit nervous of it, mm-hmm. possibly, mm-hmm. compared to any standards viewer who you where. you know, you watch standards you kind of expect to be hit around the head 12 times an episode. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. With yeah. <clears throat> yeah. stuff, you know, But whatever yeah. that may be. So I wonder if, if maybe that was just, they didn't feel it was right for their audience. Um, mm. I don't know. <laughs>
0: moving further into the 20, 21st century and we have we have Todd, the, the Todd storyline yes. and Corey. Um, now that was significant to me because with all due respect to Michael Cashman and all due respect to other actors who played gay parts in soaps up to that point, from my point of view, they were never really that sexy. <laughs> right, Michael Cashman <laughs> is a perfectly handsome man, but you wouldn't call him a pin-up boy. You, in the same way as some of the women who were in soaps, were were perceived and sold. And then in Corey, when Todd came along, there was this kind of pin-up boy, and it, there was a different perception of how gay characters were going to be perceived. And after that, that seemed to change. There seemed to be a bit of a shift going into Aaron in Emmerdale, where they did casts, you know, young, good-looking characters, all, all of a par with the other characters who were straight with the soaps is that your perception Stephen
2: yeah sort of I mean they, they generally started casting better looking people in in, in from the late 90s onwards you yeah. you look at the Enders cast of 85 I mean <laughs> fine <financially laughs> there's not a looker among them <laughs> you know and I think the it was it was a it was a gradual thing it was the Aussie soaps and Hollyoaks that's that, that they sort of saw they could get press for these teen characters. I think it, I think it was a broader thing, actually. Mm. In those in those terms of, of 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 you would, but I mean, look at I mean, bless him, um, Adam Rickett, yes, you know, kind of brought brought in off the street in his pants practically. <laughs> yeah, um, learned learned on the job, you know, <laughs> over a few <laughs> years, you know. But um, but that was that was very much what they were going for at that point. So I think I think yeah, I don't don't think it was specifically. Right. Games, but it did it did bring around the kind of it did start to bring the sort of uh, to want to use a word of the youth, the shipping of characters. It did start to find <laughs> characters getting fans right. and people really wanting, you know, whoever to be together, which is a thing that, that that's huge now. Oh, um, right,
1: fans wishing, you know, sort of essentially
2: fan fiction sort of yeah, well, just just push just, just pushing. I mean the the, the the big you know there's a couple. There's the Bal there's the moment no, there's the Balum fan base, the Ben and Callum East End right. okay the Balum right. fans. Um there used to be the Ron fans, which was Robert and Aaron in Emmerdale. Um, you know, there's there's this sort of thing. So it kind of became became the kind of beginning of, of that kind of thing, yeah. you know, which which was <clears throat> these sort of good looking pretty boys being you know adored and almost fetishized by by fans and and right. you know that that also was the growth of social media and the internet oh goes hand in hand anyway mm. there is another
0: concept within soaps that we i want to highlight and that is the utter misery that gay characters are put through and i do cite yeah. aaron from emmerdale and um, emmerdale a village that we should all move to because apparently there's more gay people per oh, square God. meter than any other town in the entire uk <laughs> i watched one scene one day i sat
2: with <laughs> my mum and it was it was one gay on grinder or whatever they call it blender or or, or I don't know, <laughs> Corker or whatever they call it on there. I've got a name for it. Um, and and one gay with another gay catfishing another gay, and know, cat to lesbian. And I was like, past seven, it's a bit much. Yeah, um, and in uh, <laughs> a little Yorkshire village. Um, so
0: Aaron was put through the mill big time. Yeah. Um, and this this is again alludes to or leads to another but de- 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 portraying gay characters in that way. And that happened several times in Soaps, didn't it?
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because, as I said, uh, uh, there was a time they were really boring. (laughs) Um, I mean, even, you know, you go to late 90s and you go to um, Tony and Simon and EastEnders. I mean, they were all right. They had good stories, but still a little bit. It was also a little bit safe, I think. Um, And then I think they discovered Danny Miller was really good at crying. um (laughs) Um, so they made him cry a lot then this then developed into these endless tortured relationships that he had i mean he had to euthanize his own tetraplegic boyfriend (laughs) (laughs) with pauline quirk um (laughs) funny world isn't it um so that was um so you know i think they discovered and also that kind of almost seemed to land land into this kind of cultishness of them and this kind of fan thing of them, which I'm fascinated by. And um, yeah, I think, but they got they've had a lot of criticism um, over the years from particularly from fans in inverted commas, for, for making these characters miserable, for, for not giving them good relationships, for tearing them apart, for deliberately, producers deliberately keep them apart to antagonizers, as always accused of online. <laughs> But, you know, you name me a happy couple in soap. If a couple are happy in soap, they're not in the storylines that week. That's the only reason they're happy. Uh yes. (laughs) Based on people (laughs) being miserable.
3: I didn't do it because he's gay. (sighs) I did it because I am. I'm gay.
2: But I think I think people really when you fo- people focus in on this one thing. Um, but yes, the, there has been s they've got a lot of mileage out of the kind of tortured gay relationship, uh-huh. particularly particularly the quite self-destructive gay relationship. Uh-huh. So, so self-destructive characters, but they've you know, particularly that's kind of Weird. what Ben and Callum, the whole Ben and Callum story is kind of quite self-destructive. So yeah, it's a, it's a it's it, it's
0: the the whole um that whole sort of misery that you put them through. I mean, do you think that's evolving? Do you think that's changing?
2: I would like to think so. Um, it's just that I think I said before about Aaron, I think they discovered that that um, that Max Borden, who plays Ben, is very good at playing torture. To yeah, <laughs> for another reason. So you know, you, you, you play, and so funny old thing, so it's because you come in and you're. And they, they notice you're good at something and then you kind of get because you've got the time to do it, you're kind of shifted in that direction. So don't know if that's it. Um I've forgotten the question. How, how many bends
0: have there been? There's been several bends, hasn't there? Six.
2: six. We're currently on Ben number six. He's the best. So, are
0: are there more bends? <laughs> are there more bends than Tracy's?
2: Um, there are. It gets a bit muddy because often there were multiple babies.
0: <laughs> okay, okay, yeah. It <laughs>
2: depends where you actually count what you actually yeah. count as a I, I think, from that. when you first have a line, that's
0: when perhaps yeah. you you count it <laughs> but
2: anyway, um, point one yeah, in terms of its changing, I think I think I mean, there's an interesting thing they did in neighbors with they had bear and Ben got Ben on the brain, they had David and um Aaron, who were a gay couple who very together, very nice, not boring, but they they were very much played as, and oh, they had all these struggles, all these happened. There was, there was, they wanted to have a baby, there was all of this. Obviously, they're in neighbors, they've got loads of family stuff going on, but they very much, most of the time, tackled it together.
1: Right, so they were. Whereas,
2: whereas the, 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 the nature in our soap's been to tear it apart. <clears throat> you know, and by the end of the show, when the show ended in, in July, they were very much coupled. couple. They had a baby, they co-parented with their lesbian friend that was a surrogate mum for them. You know, it was all, it was all quite nice and really quite refreshing.
0: I didn't and, notice that. Yeah. I mean, I have you to, have...
2: Have to agonise them yeah. all the time. They could actually yeah. be, they can actually be interesting.
0: Yeah. I have to confess that them. I, I like a lot of people, I drifted away from Neighbours and I did watch the last six episodes. I did decide, I thought, I've got to, because it was a big thing when I was in university. We all sat down to watch Neighbours back in the day. And um, and I saw those characters and I did comment that they, they were lovely but this, I, I wondered after a while whether they were both inflatable because they had to keep touching each other. And if they yeah. removed a hand, the other one they would deflate. Real, I think,
2: I, <laughs> they're, both, they're both straight, I think. Aaron I think they're both straight. So I, I think, bless them, I think they made, from the very beginning, they made a really conscious effort to do this because I think <laughs> they <laughs> thought that people would think they weren't being decent gays if they... If they, if they we God love that. them. Each other. Mind you, I would, I would... Either of them I'd happily touch, so, you know.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> There's also a, a
0: pattern where uh, gay characters would get introduced in soaps, and maybe I've made this up in my head, but it feels this way, that they were there and then gone very quickly because the actor maybe panicked or the show didn't know what to do with them. What, what do you feel? Is there any truth in that?
2: There's been a, a few... Um...
0: Because there is exactly that. I think that you realise you go to a point where you're going to have to kiss a boyfriend. You're going to have to touch someone. You're going to have to show them in bed at some point uh, if you're going to tell the story correctly. And I wonder if sometimes it felt to me that the actors might be panicking and thinking I'm not not comfortable with that. Um, I and I think also there's a, a trend. There was a trend in the early twenty first century where gay actors didn't want to be playing gay parts because they didn't want to be typecast in that in that way, constantly yes. cast as the gay, yes. the default gay.
2: I think there's a problem that the drama from the gays comes from the coming out and the yes. getting together. And then I think, and I think this is what another reason why the torturing thing has become. <laughs> then they get a bit stuck.
1: Yeah. There's <laughs> yeah. not much happens after that, really. Yeah. Then
2: they kind of, it's yeah. kind of that they've kind of had this sort of drama of it. And then, you know, sometimes I think it just kind of fizzles away.
1: Mm-hmm. So there's also something to do with you kind know, of location, because obviously most just soaps are stuck in. You know, one pretty kind of defined location. You know, where by you know it, it, it wasn't possible to have you know a gay night down the Rovers. Do you know what I mean it was like because you were the only one in on that street, so to speak? So, uh, their drama lived in existence. Yeah in another place, so yeah. to speak. Yeah, you almost never... Yeah, you, or never, or, yeah. you yeah. never hear them
0: saying, I'm going off to Soho or I'm going to Canal Street or, you know, they did, in, in Emmerdale, to be fair, Aaron and his boyfriend did go off to Leeds, that nirvana of gay scenes that I'm sure they have in
2: Leeds. Go to, Leeds go to, is, I do Horton. Horton, Horton's a big place. Horton's got the gay right. bar. I like to think it's called Horton Sweaty. Oh, <laughs> but, right. they, they, they haven't given it a name yet. Yeah, Horton <laughs> the gay bar. Right. Right. I don't um, know
1: Leeds scene. I think it's the undiscovered gem of the UK's oh. various case scenes. It's an absolute great fun. Oh uh, I'll, I'll, I'll we'll definitely, i, I, oh, I yeah. apologise to Leeds yes. and I will check it out. <laughs> great gay scene. Uh but anyway, that's that's yeah. that's neither here nor there.
0: We're kind of, I feel like we're kind of running out of time and I feel that like we haven't even scratched the surface. So, Stephen, we might get you back at some point and, and maybe cover some other stuff. There's a couple of questions I wanted to ask you. Yes. The first one is, uh, soaps in general, no one ever watches TV or uses social media or has a laptop at any point. Uh, why? Is that just a distraction?
2: Because it ruins the plots. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> because, because if you yeah. texted them rather than go around to tell them and getting lost yeah. on the way or distracted. You, it, it kills the plots.
3: Yeah, uh-huh, yeah. Soaps, uh, great.
2: Soaps, soaps quite often are about one piece of information being passed from one person to another very slowly <laughs> over <laughs> over a number of weeks. <laughs> and if you pop it on Facebook, you're buggered because everyone knows. <laughs> uh-huh.
0: And the other question is, why has no one in soaps or the whole the whole network of soaps thought about doing a, a football transfer type thing where a family leaves uh, Wolford and moves... To 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 Corey moves up to. I,
2: um, I will bet you that by the end of next year, Emma Dale oh. and Corey will do that. Oh, they're very, they're very that surprised sounds, we haven't yet because it almost you know, sounds like you know. They pull every click in the book to keep. Yeah. You know, interested. I've always souls, wondered why that. In the headlines, yes. I am um, because <clears> I, I think they do. I think they do live, live in yeah. the universe if you want, if we want to get all universe, all Marvel about it. I think they do live in the same universe, possibly. Mm, yeah. Um, oh, they do, because um Red Holdsworth was in a Christmas DVD when the Dingles went to Venice, I think.
0: Right. Remember? So has any soap ever referenced another soap on the show?
2: Yeah, they, um, they did a couple of, when did, A couple of years ago. When Cory had its 50th... Uh-huh. Um, Dot was in the laundrette, in East Enders and said, "I want to get home because I want to watch Coronation Street." So that, was <laughs> little, that was their little nod to them, but...
0: right? Right. That's interesting. I, I'm, I'm going to tell you quickly uh, one of my favourite soap stories. I've, I've been lucky enough to the Doctor Who thing again. I did some big finish shot stories in, as an actor, and I got to work with Louise Jameson,
2: oh, who yeah. of course played You've Rosa got great DeMarco story at the minute.
0: Um, yeah, yeah. She's in Everdale an Everdale now, and, story
2: is, is and she's playing age, a lesbian character. Yes, yeah. Is the is the lack of older gays? Yes, As yeah. well as an interesting that there's no stories being told yeah. about that generation of, mm-hmm. of gays. Anyway.
0: And that, that is interesting that she's playing a, a gay character herself at the moment. Um, but Louise was was told, uh, according to Louise, that, that, that when she left uh, EastEnders, she was promised that the DeMarcos would come back. And the plan was that they were going to take over the, the, mm. the, the, the Queen Vic and that they had big plans for it. And uh, so she thought, that's fine. So the characters were written out, but her son, Bepi, stayed in the show. And yeah. apparently Louise was watching EastEnders about six months later, and Bepi took a phone call and said, uh, what, my mum's had a heart attack? She's dead? Yeah. <laughs> and, that, <laughs> and, and that was how she found out that her character had died. <laughs> uh, that
2: was cause uh, Michael Greco left very suddenly. Right. Uh, and if you watch that era, which is... Is that Finn? Yeah, they've gone now, haven't they? That's been on Drama Channel. Anyway, if you watch that era... Um, oh, no, it's not. It's, it's, I tell you what, it's just coming up. If you watch this that era, um, it's just coming up on Drama Channel, if you want to watch it. Right. Um, what you will notice is that is that Bepi goes very quickly, and then another dark-haired actor comes in, <laughs> <This> character <laughs> comes in, and Picks up a plot exactly where a Be- love interest exactly where Beppy left it all. <laughs> <laughs> so the script was very quickly scored out. That's, oh. that's why the the, the the first thing they could think of was, oh, she's she's dead and he's got to go to. I think it was somewhere I was going to say, Sorry, as being as being regionalist, I about to say somewhere grim like Leicester. Um, <laughs> I think it was somewhere like Leicester, and yeah, that was, stand that up was, for was, Leicester as that, well. That, that was <laughs> why because because Michael left very suddenly. So. Right. Oh. <laughs> Well, um, I, I wanted to point out that
0: Louise's story there; she's told it publicly, so I'm not I'm not disclosing a confidence. Um, uh-huh. She has told it many times on stage at various conventions. <laughs> so and she, stuff. She, um,
2: As I like to say, it, she fell she fell down the gap between producers.
0: Right. So, right. One yeah. producer's and, big
2: idea is another one comes in, and certain a number of people fall down the gap. And, <laughs> and that that is
0: the that is the soap nightmare as an actor, isn't it? When a new producer's coming yeah. in, it's like like a new football manager. Are you going to make yeah. the cuts?
2: Yeah, you've, yeah. you've never seen there's never a time where actors are more keen to be interviewed by the press and get their face out there than the second a new producer is announced. They can't ring you up quick enough to do interviews <laughs> about how great they are and how wonderful, how much they love the show and how
0: great the character is. Let me tell you. Well, maybe we should, maybe we should keep an eye on what soaps they've got a new producer and get someone to do an interview for our podcast and see, you know, they, they might, they might be willing to do it. We'll, yes, we'll, we'll yeah. see that. <laughs> um, uh, Scott, one last thought.
1: Uh, well, just, just, just to ask, do, do you have a kind of all-time soap LGBT hero um, of any kind as is there, is there,
2: is there one that stands out for you that kind of really um, made a mark? some stories that have been told very well, um, I always thought that the Hollyoak story, the, the McKean story with um, Craig and John Paul McQueen, right. which was, a very, which was a basically John Paul's gay, Mate at school, questions of sexuality, this gets together with this mate. You know, obviously it's there's a million other bits of plot that happened. But right. it was just it was just a really well told, really well acted that nicely nicely brought enough drama, enough peaks, enough being caught out, enough jeopardy to it, but while uh, still being really true to it and really well done. I've always I've always liked that one. Yeah. We haven't even, Similarly, yeah. I always think the Todd story was done very well. Yeah, we haven't yeah. even and, touched Holyokes, you know and nice and slowly because yeah. You know, it was it it was it started with that little crush he had on Adam Rickett, and that's what started him questioning his or Nick, as we like to know him, um, questioning. And then that, and actually, it took a little time to boy look. Took they took it. They took their time with it because Ah. he, like a lot of people, I think, did possibly still do, threw himself into a relationship with a girl to try and to try Mm -hmm. and obviously knock these thoughts, these dirty thoughts away. Um, And I thought that was very well stolen and felt very and felt very real. That, that
1: particular part about uh, Todd's storyline, yeah, yeah. I, 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 and that must have been well, what was that? 2000, when was that? 2005 or something like that?
2: 2007, possibly.
1: 2007. So, yeah, so I was a bit, I was, you know, I, I'd sort of been through that 2003. 10 years. Sorry. 2003 well, I, well, yeah, I'd just kind of come out well, the, the other side of that. I had so been through my teenage years, not really knowing what I was, and you know, so I was very, very similar. I didn't come out to sort of. Ninety nine, two thousands, when I was 20, so that was kind of late on. Um, so, I, yeah, that that was quite close at the time, and it, and it felt very realistic. That yeah. kind of humming and hon, and, and not a very Glaswegian phrase. He was humming and hon. <laughs> <laughs> um, he was pondering his uh, <laughs> his future. Um, so that felt very, very real um, and, it, and very well done. That confusion.
0: Well, we haven't touched on Hollyoaks, really. We haven't touched on Publicum, which has great gay characters in it as well. The Welsh soap. Um, I don't know and we about yeah. I, can,
2: I, can, I can just about bust you uh... out of 30, but I can't go as far as can
0: um, And of course, we haven't we haven't gone near the legendary Scottish soap that is *Garlic Quay uh, which I'm sure had plenty of gay characters in it, but they just didn't talk about it. No. Um, it's been a pleasure talking to you all, guys. Uh, you. Stephen, I hope you've had fun.
2: I've had great fun. I've gone forever. Thank you. Yeah, Thank you. And I think, Thank you. yeah,
0: and I think we could definitely get you back at some point and, and talk more soap. But it's been good because uh, it's such an important part of LGBT culture. Um, and 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 LGBT gay, gay, LGBT it's been fans are good
2: at, to put it in people's living rooms. I think particularly twenty yeah. odd years ago.
0: Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Just just to have people bloody see some, or just yeah. just to a have people generally see them, and b have have a little boy who's fifteen or a little girl who's fourteen look and see someone and and be reflected.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean,
1: I, 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 I definitely think, you know, my mother, Ethel Agnew, kind of was guided by Eileen Grimshaw, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. because, you know, my coming out wasn't exactly the easiest at first between me and my mother. Um, yeah. But yeah, like that, I think she, she she became more pragmatic, you know, and I know she's done her own bits of kind of reading and things like that, but she, she kind of, she was... She, Got a head round it, and I, and I, and I, I would, yeah. I would say Ethel kind of went on the same journey as Eileen yeah. uh, for myself. So yeah, yeah useful,
0: you know well it's been it's been good fun and thank you to everyone who's taken part um so thank you to everyone uh, we you'll be listening to victim to Heartstopper, uh, hosted by myself charlie ross along with scott agnew and michael mcmanus today's special guest was stephen murphy thank you to you stephen um, our uh, title music was by ross t our trailer was designed by brett underwood and it's produced by sparkling productions thank you we'll see you in the next episode. Head on over to Instagram to join us there for more information about upcoming episodes and lots of extra content. Victim to Heartstopper, that's with a number two in the middle. Victim to Heartstopper on Instagram.